Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here uh, on the October Mega Marathon. 31 days, 31 pods. We are nearing the end of the Phantasm franchise. We hope you guys have been enjoying uh, the journey so far through Texas Chainsaw Massacre and now through Phantasm. Uh, Joining me, as always, uh, through this film franchise journey, our returning friend and co-host, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. Welcome back. Hi, friend. (laughs) Uh, Would you like to tell the people where they can find you before we get rolling here? Sure. So... Film Alchemist listeners can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd. Same handle for both, at Carmelita Says. That's right. And if you want to make sure you're getting every episode this month, all 31 days, we do have a pod for every day. But you got to go to patreon.com slash pod to get all of them. Uh, we work hard over there. We have a huge Patreon exclusive library. The patrons actually voted on the two exclusive episodes they wanted this month. So lots of fun over there if you uh, if you can. And you're able and want to, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. All right. Another cool thing we're doing, you can check out Misfit Parade everywhere uh, to see some short films that I'm involved in. If you want to see some weird shit there, uh, we're on all the socials and YouTube Misfit Parade. That's it. That's the end of the plugs. That's the end of the plugs. Um, We've come to the end of the Phantasm franchise. Just kidding. There's actually one extra for some reason. But this was this was supposed to be the end, right? Uh, originally, I think the script was actually called Phantasm Ends. So this is Phantasm Four. This is where the rubber meets the road until there's just no more road for said rubber to meet. They run um, out of road. This is kind of the last Phantasm movie. Phantasm <laughs> Five is its own unique addition to the franchise, which has its own merits. But this is kind of the end of Phantasm proper. Right. This is the last the last proper phantasm we'll get. So as we've done with all of them, we thought we'd read through some trivia. This one does not have interesting trivia, but I thought, what the hell? Why break it up? Right. Why not? So we'll start here on IMDb trivia after very mixed reaction and some harsh criticism in relation no. to Phantasm three. That seems hard, right? Coscarelli decided that he had already gone too far <laughs> in the action comedy direction. He wanted to take it back to its roots, crafting a low-budget sequel, more focused on the uh, horror and surreal aspects of the story. The cool thing about this one is they actually had all this unused footage that they had recovered and found that was not in Phantasm 1. So they have this really cool extra footage from the first one that kind of gives it this uh, traveling through time journey, which I thought is one of the coolest things in the movie. Very cool. All right, next. The synopsis for the canceled Phantasm End scripts written by Roger Avery goes as follows. We don't need to read all this, do we? The year is 2012, and there are only three states left between New York and California in the wasteland known as the Plague Zone. The tall man controls everything, but the interesting thing about this script is that the tall man's like palace is the Mormon mausoleum. <laughs> And yeah, he makes creatures infected with tall man's blah, blah, blah. They send in high-tech troops, whatever. Uh, (laughs) It's very strange. It almost sounds a little like Phantasm V. All right, we don't need to read all that. But yeah. Uh, Next, the song that (laughs) plays during the end credits, Have You Seen It, was actually composed and performed by Reggie Bannister and his band under the name Reggie B in the Yiz Whalen Ya Doggies. 
That's a real name. What? Wait, Reggie what? B, Reggie B and the Yiz Whalen Yadogies. Oh. <laughs> it is included okay. in their 1996 album, <laughs> Fool's Paradise. Uh, this movie was filmed in 23 days. Not surprising. At around five minutes, <laughs> Angus Scram was suffering from laryngitis. So this is when we first see Reggie when we pick up right where three left off. Right. During the filming of the opening scene, that's why his usually deep, tall man voice sounds more like Orson Welles. That's what IMDb said, not me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have said Orson Welles. I wouldn't have said that either. <laughs> but so this phantasm, <laughs> this is probably thought to be the end, right? It has not gotten a lot of love on part two and part three. The budgets keep shrinking. The days keep shrinking. So they go for what feels like an attempt to close this story up. I don't know if they succeed on that element, right? I do think they right. add a lot of really fun elements to this movie. I kind of thought the idea to go back to the more horror surrealism was a good one, right? I think after part three, it's kind of hard to do better than, you know, Rocky and Tim and the whole gang. Yeah. That was going to be hard to redo. So I think they were making good decisions, right? And again, I think the big benefit of this one, it, it's kind of this meditative movie, if that makes sense. I don't know if anyone would agree. But them just driving, uh, you know, through the desert, right? We're just driving southwest to an unknown place, right? Death Valley. Of course it's Death Valley. Right? Of course. They're driving out there, and we have Mike contemplating his existence, right? His run since – he did this great thing, right? Remember the last day before he came. And they cut to this archival footage of him hopping on the back of Reggie's ice cream truck. Reggie sees him. Now we're back with Reggie, right? Um, where he's the soul now, right? He's a soldier against this army of the undead, right? He's going to do all this. Uh, I think he even says, like, I was a small man. I was an ice cream man by trade. <laughs> An ice cream vendor by trade. I was an ice cream vendor by trade, but now I'm a soldier. And I was like, I love Reggie. But we start off with the balls. Again, the the tall man, for no good reason, does the, uh, you have more to do, right? He says, take care how you play the game. The final game begins now. What? Why? And then we get a swarm of orbs. You're like, all right, that's cool. Boom. We're right back into Phantasm Four. So resetting our minds to Phantasm 4, Carmelita. What are you thinking as this movie gets going? What do you love about Phantasm 4 to kick us off? So, like yourself, I really appreciate that this is, I would agree, more meditative. We're, it's a little more serious. Mm -hmm. And something I noticed, because I, I ended up watching this twice, because as we get talking, and anyone who's already seen this knows, it cuts back and forth between... Mike in Death Valley and Reggie trying to get there. Mm -hmm. And the Mike stuff is definitely more somber, more like existential. Right. What is he becoming? And, right. Yeah. Right. Like he's even starts to write his will at one point. He's sitting in the back of a hearse writing his will. Yeah. He's right. Half writing like Reggie. You'll never believe it. Also, don't follow me. I give up. Like, also, what? don't follow me. <laughs> And Reggie's Reggie's segments are a little more, a little more like two and three, a little more action, mm -hmm. a little more Reggie chasing tail. So Always there's a nice juxtaposition of the two, <laughs> which I really appreciate. All that archival footage, all those outtakes. Like at first, I thought I was losing my mind, 
I was like, wait, I don't remember this from the first movie. Yes. And then I was like, did they have all this deleted scenes and outtakes? It's pretty wild, right? It's kind of the the great, great gift of this film that most other horror films don't have by the time they get to number four. Yeah. Um, and the two big ones, right, is we have the Reggie. I love the ice cream mobile shot, right? Him hopping in. Yeah. They also have the thing at the very end, um, you know, where he's fucking like, I just hear it on the wind, right? It's kind of this weirdly mm-hmm. like perfect end for this movie that it they is, had yeah. in the can for the old one. And then the big one is that the tall man, because at one point Mike is in like a, you know, fucking sound garden video. He's trying to hang himself, right? He's like this weird, like, I don't know what I am. He's going in between. It's totally like, a Soundgarden video. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's going between worlds. He has no idea what's happening. He's like, I'm going to hang myself and be over it so I won't become the tall man. Death is no escape from me, boy. <laughs> Brings him down. But what we realize is that they had caught the tall man with the, the Hemikuda in the first one. Yeah. Lassoed him, right? Noosed him up the tree. And he was just sitting there dormant. And then Mike goes back to check him out, climbs the tree, and he snaps back. He's like, if you let me go, I promise I'll just leave, blah, blah, blah. We see a scene where Mike actually let the tall man escape. This could be the start of this unanswered question forever in the franchise. Why does he care so fucking much about Mike? Right? Did he psychically link with Mike and bring him to that tree to let him go? Did Mike letting him go set something ablaze in his mind that Mike could be one of his henchmen? Um, again, the movie still never answers anything like that. Never. Like, and it just the most unsatisfactory problem with the franchise <laughs> is we never really just say what this is. But that scene of him letting the tall man go, I think is an incredible thing. And I think it's actually better. Had it been in the first one? It's all right. It's a stupid thing people do in a horror movie. When you show that it's hidden and Mike has held his guilt for it all this time. And that that's why these two may be drawn. It's actually pretty amazing, like secret torpedo that this movie has buried in the middle of it. It's very clever. The editing, the way that the outtakes that they chose. Very clever. Things like that that recontextualize the entire journey for us. Yeah. What were the chance they had like three good scenes left? They just didn't make it in. That's crazy. That's an unbelievable thing. All of the really sentimental stuff. The older I get, the more sentimental I am about like seeing the progression of time through characters Mm. and franchises. Like when I went and saw the last Rambo movie, at the end, they do this like John Rambo through time montage. And I teared up like I got. Yeah. Emotional. You're crying at your <laughs> so, own journey through time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rambo's just our permission to cry about that. <laughs> exactly. So so that and and even having not been a lifelong fan of Phantasm, coming to it later in life, it got me. All of that real sentimental, these three friends, and look how young they were, and look at everything. They have that great through. shot uh where Red Reg is like, fuck Mike, I'm not helping anymore. Yeah. And uh, Jody's like, man, I wish it would have been different. And they cut to this like Bud Light commercial. Yes. Of them on the hood of the car, pulled off the PCH, <laughs> just strumming and drinking beer. <laughs> and I, was like, I do feel bad for them, right? You see them through yeah. this journey. You see them young. You see them in the Bud Light commercial. And it's just this. Yeah, this this fucking trauma did come and just took all that shit from them. Right. Yeah, like Reggie and the life. tall man are looking fucking old at the start of this movie 
I know. They're looking old. I know. And you're like, he was like a little too old to be an ice cream man to like old, old. Like Reggie's best right. years are gone. This guy took Long all gone. that shit. Took everything. It's, I think it's it's the the great addition to the franchise that this one has. Is that really, really tying us into how long of a journey this has been? A lot of horror franchises, right? If you think about the big ones, right? By the time you're to Halloween, Nightmare, Friday, they're kind of starting to break timeline. Yes. Right? They're kind of their own journeys. The previous movies don't matter as much. I guess you could say Nightmare still hangs on a little bit that they're kind of connective. Yeah. Because he, like, pees Freddy awake or whatever in part four. But for the most part, we're kind of going our own way. It's kind of nice that Phantasm is this contiguous story like this. And having that that tied in all the way to the beginning. I mean, just the miracle that they they had this footage. It's incredible. And that they wrote this movie around it. I do think that's a pretty incredible addition, right? Like, there are images that are classic Phantasm, right? The orbs flying out, right? That was cool. Um, there are these things you see, like when he fights the fucking zombie cop, and maybe that zombie Tim in the back. We don't know who's in that trunk. That was kind of a bummer. But you see this, like this version of a of a a tale that is the same, but it's also stopping to remind us where we've been. Yeah, and I think it's that extra weird layer that makes this a very worthy. Like, had this been the last Phantasm, I think you'd say it goes pretty much. The one thing this one does not have a strong opening. It still has the weak ending, right? The weak ending is the the Phantasm go-to, right? As much as I love Phantasm, I think you'd say all those endings are not good, and then they kind of rewrite them at the start of the next movie to be better. Right. This one kind well, of follows It doesn't that. really matter. Like, they get a pass. Right. Like, because when, he the, just, when Reggie's film, covered in orbs, it. yeah, and Tim's yeah. gone, and he just goes, well, we'll see you at the end of the movie. You're like, oh, no, that's the first opening of a Phantasm movie that doesn't go the hardest. Like, that sucks. Right. And so this one's just letting you know it will look the same. It will feel the same. What does Jody say in the other one, right? Uh, Seeing is easy. Believing is or understanding is hard. It takes time. Yeah, takes time. And this one's letting you know we're going to kind of meander our way through a Phantasm movie. Yeah. And I think that's kind of instead of like the kind of vignette prog rock horror that we've been getting. This one really is just guys kind of driving and thinking back on the ride. Yeah. And I, I yeah. do appreciate Contemplating that. their past. Yeah. I think it's a pretty big step down from part three. But that was bound to happen, right? But I, I think sure. instead of trying to just add all these things that aren't going to, like, we're not going to keep building this tower, right? The, ta- the, the yeah. Phantasm Tower had kind of run its course. I think sitting there and just paying homage to it, right, one last time, that kind of works for me in this movie. Yeah, I think, too, just like thinking about middle age, because I am Mm -hmm. now a middle aged person. Yep. (laughs) You know, yeah, you do a lot. This it kind of goes with the territory, kind of thinking back through your life, remembering things, reassessing. Where have I been? Where am I now? Where am I going? Yeah. And the, what the has this fight this. been for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and the pace of this and the way that this movie is structured mm-hmm. kind of feels like what your average person does at this point in their life where you're kind of like, okay, most of my life is behind me. 
<laughs> right. You're you're one of the two, right? You're Mike sitting there and being like, ah, I'm seeing things in the rearview mirror. And the tall man's talking to me and crawling into the casket portal and all right by candlelight in the fucking cast. Like, you're that middle-aged person. Or you're Reggie who's like, another girl. <laughs> right? I'm going like... to let down my ponytail and light these candles. <laughs> Reggie there's, there, mood there's setting a huge... is... Ooh. Oh, it's great. Because <laughs> he so always has the guitar. Even though we've seen his car crash like 10 times. Yeah. The guitar always makes it. I will say there is a huge piece of information in this movie that is the most memorable thing about it. But to me, <laughs> the best thing in the movie is the orb tits. Oh, for sure. Because at first you're like, is this a dream? And they're like, no, this is real. No, Two real. orbs came to kill Reggie and thought, let's have some fun. And somehow saw her tits out, removed the meat. I, it's kind of like it reminded me of Anchorman when he's like, Baxter, did you get that out of the fridge? I'm not even mad. That's impressed. Because I was like, it's such a stupid thing that doesn't make any sense. But I love it so much. Because, again, Reggie's doing that. He's doing the like, well, here's the whole story. She's changing and, like, hand brawing. Yes. Right? She's kind of giving him the signs. I was like, are they going to let Reggie smash? No. No. And then she's just like, ah, sorry, man. You're crazier than me. You can't. And he's still kind of a little aggressive but not like we was with rocky like he subsides a little yeah he wakes he up in the middle of the night faster. yeah and he sees her tits moving and he goes groovy or far <laughs> out whatever far he says out. yeah he far, says, out. far out and the and movement is not thing, natural this is not well, like bouncing titty action no there's like a weird movement it's like under those the uh massage chairs at the mall yes right so <laughs> what he thought was happening like reggie when was the last time you actually saw breasts move yeah yeah that you didn't pick up on the fact that something is wrong because something's he's, very wrong she's no longer wrong. under the cover so i'm like did she go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and that's where the orbs hollered her tits out could be i have so many questions but then the movie immediately by showing me reggie ripping her top open because that's his answer of course i don't even know if i blame him in that moment right if this was reggie trying to like sneak a peek i don't know if he's being sure. altruistic here or if he's just being a creep uh, I mean, but maybe both. Reggie is kind of both. He's he's always kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> but the moment they show the orb tits, it's amazing. You're like, thank God, thank God for this decision. <laughs> like, I love this for <laughs> this movie. I love it. It's good. Yeah, and Reggie gets stabbed in the hand. His fucking hand gets burned up. You're just like, this is, this is awesome. And so we still have this is the thing. This movie didn't go like fully somber, right? No. It's not like the Evil Dead remake where it's like, we're going to be the hardest you've ever seen. That's still fucking classic phantasm fun. Yes. That's still really fun. And then we cut back to Soundgarden videos and then we come back to do Reggie stuff. I think they find a pretty nice balance in this movie. It's a good balance. And it it is like it can be. There was a couple of times the first time I watched it that I had to like rewind because I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, because it's cutting back and forth between the two journeys and i'd be like okay wait 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 i need to like get myself yeah back. split narrative is n almost never something i love it feels like where it's like you have two stories that are not enough and you're like i'll combine them like that one beetle right, song right right you know a day in the life or <laughs> a Lennon's day in the like, life yeah well i got this 30 seconds and mccartney's like i got this too <laughs> right they didn't they even like change together. them to fit and then everyone's like wow what a dark and crazy decision you're like yeah 
That's just two uncomplete assignments stapled together. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie hey, has a lot of that. This there movie is. does have a lot. Because I think with Mike, like, I, I love the line that the tall man says early to him, right? When he's in the back of the, and he's like, the coach will drive itself. Mm. There's this inevitability to where uh, Mike's going. And the tall man just says, you have no one but me. And in a weird way, it kind of perfectly drives home this this trauma theme of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that, that really is all he has left. He ran away from Reggie for no real reason. He's starting to transform. He doesn't know. But his whole life has been consumed by this one terrible day. And so I think there is something philosophically about that that I like. Right. The the monster is all that Mike has left. And then Reggie feels the same. Right. As he's now he has nothing left. He can walk from the tall man. But he might as well see it through. So he still has at least Mike and the tall man left. So I think I kind of like where the headspace exists in this movie. Again, I think the jumping back and forth nature kind of cripples both stories at times. Sometimes I don't know if you I like that, that it's I like that it's balancing, like you said. Yes, I like we're, that. We're balancing the tone, and we're getting the two different kind of distinct flavors that we've gotten in some of the previous films, and they're all in this one film, which is why this would have been a great ending. That yeah, blending of Reggie things. and the cop, Reggie and the tits, Mike's existentialism. Yeah, like you get a nice little back and forth. Yeah, but it did. There were times where you know we would. We would, we're getting somewhere with Mike's story because mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts to this. Mike going in and out of portals, conjuring portals, going back and finding out the identity of the tall man and how the tall man became the tall so man. This is and important. then we cut to Reggie. Yeah. And then it was like, wait, but can we go back? Yeah. It's like, can we learn more? It's like, no, tits. And you're like, all right. Like, okay. I, I don't okay. hate it. Like, at first I was mad, but now I kind of like, <laughs> we have to stop because this is where. This hits the road. Mm-hmm. This is the movie where, because the psychic grandma comes back. We kind of were making fun of that in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> psychic grandma comes back and she is possibly hit the tall man's wife. So what we learn Maybe? is that Jebediah Morningstar. What a, what a perfect fucking name, right? Morningside. Morningside. Yes. Jebediah Morningside, right? I was thinking Morningstar like Lucifer. Je- Morningside. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean... So yeah, Jebediah Morningside, right? That he was this like battlefield doctor, right? And so he's fighting his way through uh, the unbalanced nature of life and death. He's a doctor who wants to help people. And so he settles somehow on it's this frequency thing. And he builds these portals. God knows how he does it in the old pioneer times. And Mike shows up. He's like, can I help you? Your clothes aren't the same. And and this is a completely different Angus Scrim than we've seen in the franchise. Yeah, very friendly, cordial. Yeah, just like a nice small-time doctor, right? A small-town doctor. And the old lady's like, let him be, Jebediah. Like, she's some kind of crazy person. Did she also right. travel through? And so when we meet her in the first one, she's trying to stop the husband that she at one time empowered. We never learned that. I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> right? the thing about her from that porch, she's like, let him be. Like, don't go chasing waterfalls and then to where we see her in part one. She's this bad guy. But then when she's in the limo with Mike, she's kind of smiling and cackling. Yeah, it's weird. Like that she's maybe able to stop where it's, it doesn't make any sense. No, it but what we learn is that he's going to travel dimensions to save all these people who die. 
But somehow on his journey, somehow going to that Led Zeppelin planet that we've seen a bunch, he is changed and altered in some way. Right. That there, there's multiple tall men. He's in all these universes. And now he is just a slaver and a warlord. And so how that disconnect happens, the movie never settles on, right? There's a, an idea no. at the start. When Mike first goes in the <laughs> portal and he's like, be careful what you look for. You just might find it. And the tall man smiles. And so I was like, is he directing Mike to stop him? Or is he smiling knowing that this is like a Terminator paradox where Mike is right. going to go back and create the small man? Right, the classic bootstrap paradox. Sure, yeah. Where do you think? What do you think is happening with the tall man in this moment? Because the yeah, smile is I'm, so out of place to me. It is, and I I tend to think that it's that it's the latter, something like that. Like this thing is set in motion. Yeah, you can't stop it. Right. Go back all you want. Like John Connor sending his own dad back to knock his mom up. Right. (laughs) Right. Like this is this is just how it's going to go down. Yeah. And you can go and see it's not going to change anything. And there is like later on when, you know, Mike's big plan for hanging himself after that doesn't work. Then he creates his portal and goes back and finds out about. Jebediah Morningside and then he he says you know his plan is to try and change the past and then Jody tells him we're not in the same dimension you can't change it yeah you can't like interact with him because if Jebediah takes the first step through then the tall man comes back through right yeah Jody says really ominous that that Jebediah never came back Mm -hmm. like he went through that portal that day and that was the end of him yeah, that he can never be killed, but maybe he would not exist. They mention how there's this risk of infection if they stay in these like past yeah, moments for a long time. Yeah, what is that? That, to me, the infection is the classic time travel infection of mind. This idea okay. that if you start thinking that somehow the answer is these portals to the past, that you're only going to change it and, and make it worse. And that is how like Mike it. would become the new tall man. Right. Because now he's going to go back to balance life and death, and God knows where he Mm -hmm. ends up. So I think that's the infection he's talking about. It's kind of – because that's what I mean. The movie gives us these, you know, I only thought cars like that blew up in the movies. (laughs) Or Reggie getting suited up in his ice cream man outfit. And while that's happening, you're like – He's so precious. But what was Morningside's goal? Like, does he remember who Morningside is? Right. Was he made an orb fast? And if he's made an orb, who made him? And what's their mission? Right. right? Like, is he the boss or is he an underling? Like, you know what I mean? You start yeah. running through these like, wait, now you're just asking me. You told me that he was a small time doctor in their hometown. But now you just asked me 50 more questions. And just won't answer any of them. Right. And I was like. I know that's Phantasm in a nutshell. It is. But this one has finale written all over it, and it gets frustrating. It's frustrating. Because I feel like part three added all of this great lore, and this one's like, now let's say what that lore means. And I love that decision. If it pays off a little more. Him being a small-time doctor. 
Yeah. Come on, Don. Yes, him being a small town doctor doesn't answer any of my questions about the motivation of this guy. Right. It might explain why he yearns for his human affection when he fucks people before he kills them. Could that there's be. some part Which, of the doctor in there still, and he hasn't done that in a long time. That was only part one. Only part one. He switched yeah. to the woman, and we'll see that again. But yeah. only had coitus in the first movie when he was just yeah. like getting his feet wet, and then he's like, "Oh, now I got to take over the whole world, so I don't <laughs> have time for nuts anymore." No time for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you're just like, and then Reggie's like, "You know what? I should fight in my ice cream man outfit," and you're like, "Wait, but, but, but what?" Like, what, what, why? What is the grandma doing? What, what is Morningstar hoping to achieve? Can they reach that human part of him? And that's the problem. We just never get back to a, the movie then kind of devolves into this. Now we have to fight in Death Valley. And we never get back to paying off what that means. So I was waiting. I was like, if you're going to do this version of the story, there has to be a moment where Morningside's humanity pours through the tall man edifice, right? That's why you show us that story. Sure, yeah, you would think. But as soon as they just go, <laughs> ah, it's a multiverse, you go, but why? <laughs> but what? But why? Tell me why this is happening. <laughs> and they don't. That's kind of the problem. I feel like the start of the movie, I'm pretty in on. And by the time we get to the end, it's like, but why have we done this journey? Yeah. Why make him a small timey doctor instead of a mysterious alien warlord? If you I don't know. want it, it explains the slavery thing. Maybe. Maybe. It explains Civil why he's, war era. <laughs> why he's pretty into slaves. <laughs> I don't remember that everyone in that flashback seemed used, to have a they, gray coat. They, I mean, I, the caps it was black like and white. Union caps to me, though. Yeah, I, maybe because it was black and white, I just assumed they were gray. But I was like, maybe he's an old-timey Confederate <laughs> doctor in Oregon. And that's how. I don't know. I did like the touch that he was Civil War because that's when they first started embalming bodies was in the Civil War. That's when that Oh, dude, that's popularized. when they did the needle brain. It's like, oh, fuck. Right. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, it was, it was cool. I was just like, God damn it. Because this... If this movie was originally going to be the end of the franchise, it just seems so shitty to not like why tell us he's that character and not utilize that in some way like that. That's a bombshell to drop in the fourth movie of the franchise. That's a huge addition to the mythology. You know what I mean? And they just let it go. Right. It reminds me of like one of my greatest horror movie series sins ever is when they start the Curse of the Thorn thing with Michael Myers. Right. Like, ah, it's Druidic astrology. And you're like, what? And then the next movie, they're like, psych. And And you're like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) What is happening? But what about the Druids? If you're going to ask a question or pose a piece of evidence, you have to tell me how that fits the quilt. Right. If you're sprinkling that into my soup, I want to know it's edible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be biting my soup and be like, wait, is that a bouncy ball in here? What? I feel like, too, it, it's it's like they left us hanging in the middle in the yeah. middle of a sentence because it's yeah. it it would be cool to know more about what happened to Jebediah when he passed through that portal. 
Yes. That he never came back and became the tall man. Because presumably that's what would happen to Mike if he if the tall man prevails. Yes. A man who feels unbalanced about the unfair nature of life and death. Right. He Mm -hmm. goes through. He comes back as a person who now. Is like factory milling through dead bodies to enslave them after death and destroy entire populations of who knows how many planets. Where is that step? The small time doctor who wants to cure death to the death merchant of all time who once you're dead, he can make you an undead, unfeeling minion. Is that his great like, like, you know, it's it's the classic joke like Mm -hmm. Marvel's. Like when when they did when Marvel side will rewrite Thanos from the comics and if we just get rid of half of everyone that'll solve everything. When with the glove he could just snap and make twice as much of everything. Right? He could make double the planets, double the food, double sure. the air, double the clean water. Right? He could just be like pedophiles, we don't need those. Like with a little <laughs> bit more thinking, Thanos could really fix things. Instead of just saying <laughs> let's kill everyone, right? And the comics Thanos has a boner for the actual woman visage of death. I actually have it on my desk. Oh, nice. That's what points at me when YouTube, I'm not writing enough. YouTube watchers will yeah. get a chance to see that. Lady Death. It's it's yeah. essentially the classic death we know, but with huge cans. <laughs> like, I don't know how she's a skeleton, but has huge tits. It uh, adds to the allure. She takes them from random bodies. But Thanos <laughs> wants to kill enough people to impress her. He's in love with her. And then Marvel sure. said, no, let's do this. And as soon as that came out, we're like, that's the dumbest most ill-conceived idea like they thought that was a really cool (laughs) ethics question right they thought they were doing if there's one kid on a train track or there's a hundred adults on the other like 190 year olds on the other and you have to choose who dies what do you choose i'm like i would choose none right like i could just choose none right i don't have to make that fucking choice it's a dumb thing right that's what marvel did sure he could actually fix the universe but he doesn't so the tall man is a guy who wants to conquer death and somehow ends up becoming the ultimate merchant of death. Yeah. Tell us how. Yes. Tell us why. Even when right. Marvel did that, well, Thanos watched his home planet be overrun. And that's why they should have killed everyone. And you're like, okay, he's a guy who didn't learn the lesson. Right? Sure. As stupid as it is, it's one of the dumbest things in a huge movie I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> ever. 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 And I know Marvel people hate when I talk shit on Marvel because they're the greatest thing that's ever happened to cinema. But that is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in a movie. This is that. Like, why add this thing, right? Thanos had a mission. Yeah. Right? And as dumb as it is, they made me believe that that Thanos was stupid enough to get it. Sure. The tall, the, the Jebediah had a mission. How did he go so fucking awry? Right. What, he wanted how did, to give up every bit of human turn. in him. Yeah, to be like a skin suit with an orb mind. Yeah. Right. Maybe he's propagating his minds with the dwarves and the the orbs. Right. And he thinks by killing the flesh, he's saving himself. I mean, maybe? I can sit here and maybe write something in my mind that works for that. But why not at least let the movie address that? Sure. If you're gonna bring it up. If you're gonna bring did. it up, because yeah. that's the thing, we can probably sit here and between the two of us. Draw a fucking line between those two characters. Sure. If you put that on screen, that's your job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Should we have to do that yeah. legwork? And, and I think there's there's 
something to leaving images for us to wrestle with, like some movies. Yes, I not, do enjoy that. This is that. not an introspective movie. No. <laughs> right? Like, it, it's not. It's it's us having one last ride with our friends. It's, to your point, I, I'm with you. I do get nostalgic when I'm like, look at it. They were young and happy, and now they're old and sad. And I'm like, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Aren't we all? Yeah, like, that hits too close to home. <laughs> but this is not a movie of great introspection. No, no, no. I think they owe it to the fans after four movies to be like, Don Coscarelli, what do you think? Right. What do you think? What do you right. think this should be? Because it can be whatever you want it to be. You wrote right. this. Right. And this feels like an ending. Like, yes, you could say maybe he's like, in part five, we'll get there. We didn't. Spoiler alert, we didn't. Right? <laughs> and it's it's kind of the one great <laughs> issue I've always had with the Phantasm franchise is I want to know a little bit more about that missing part. Right. Right? From small town nice. doctor to intergalactic warlord and slaver. Just even a bit. Tell me why the, the tall man thinks like that. Is there any Jebediah left in there? Does he regret right. his choice? Right. Even a moment of that would have been great. But instead, no, they're like, we'll blow him up with a, <laughs> an, a hemi orb. And you're like, what? What? Did the the disembodied alien life form see Jebediah in that suit and say, man, that guy can wear a suit and decide, like, I'm going to steal his body. It's a different suit. It's got one of those, like, fucking ribbon ties. (laughs) He went Little House on the Prairie to, like, Paul Bearer. It's like, dude, that's not the same suit. But that's what I mean. Who made him? Who made him? Did he just go to the Red World, stumble upon a random ER, and he's like, wait, I can just do these search and became a mad scientist and built himself? Like, what happened? Like, show know. me at least a montage <laughs> of how this happened. Is there some greater power than the tall man out there running this operation? Right? If it's just a multiverse full of 10,000 tall men, how did that fucking happen? I know right. he can Why? walk through gates. Yeah. I know he can walk through gates. How did he become an army onto himself that then creates all these armies? How? Why? When he dies in part two... <laughs> And the start of part three, we see a new tall man come out and throw him through the portal. Yeah. How does he know he died? He's obviously right. checking in on his home world a lot. What does that matter? <laughs> Just bring 50 knows. tall. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I needed something. I needed a yeah. little help here. And again, I'm not one of those American movie guards that says you have to spoon feed me everything. No. I no. felt I was owed this moment. I was like, I've been with you, right? Critics and fans were leaving you. You didn't make enough box office, whatever. I've been with you. I never left. I support you. <laughs> I tell my friends about you. I was owed. You were like moment. their Reggie. I'm the Reggie. I'm owed this moment of why. I needed this. I put my ice cream man suit on and watched part four. <laughs> and I said, you have to, you owe me this reason. And they never did. And that hurts me. That hurts me. I know. Right? As Jody's fighting and the tall man comes out and we do our classic little battle. The only thing they give us <laughs> is he goes, ice cream, man. It's all in your head. And I go, what? <laughs> right? what? That's the theme of this movie. Phantasm 4. What? <laughs> Old timey pioneer. What? what? Yeah. That's what it should have been called instead of It's a of cool sounding line, but it's kind of meaningless. It's a cool sounding line that really led the script astray in part five. But yeah. 
Again, I think they did all of this amazing work that just really, like, it's one of those movies where you kind of pause it and you're like, oh, fuck, there's only 20 minutes left. You're like, we're not getting, like, our awesome contemplative ending where, like, we learn right. about what happened to Jebediah Morningside. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're just going to fucking fight with the four-barrel shotgun again. Mm-hmm. That's the movie Explosions we're doing. Explosions in the desert. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, no, no, why, no? Uh <laughs> And yeah, it just ends with Mike like maybe dying and Reggie runs into a portal. And as of all the phantasm endings, this is the one that most deflated me. Because mm. you know what I mean? They, they did such a fucking great job. If I make a beautiful wedding cake and then I stand above it and piss on it. <laughs> right? Like a long pee that just <laughs> runs down the whole cake. No one is saying, hey, but you did a good job on those five layers. No, no. That's that's to me is the Phantasm Four problem. Amazing structural cake, yes, drizzled from the top, unedible. Right. <laughs> this is better than a pea soaked birthday cake. Well, but barely. I was, when I was kind of, I was reading, you know, online doing a little, just kind of half ass research, and that there was a lot of talk after this about, is there going to be another sequel? And I can kind of see why, because yeah, with that ending, you're like, that can't be it. They definitely left room. Like when Reggie hops in the portal. Yeah. They wanted to leave an out. Of course. But I do feel like when they were writing the story, they knew in their hearts, this could be it. It could be. And that beautiful moment in the ice cream truck Mm -hmm. where Reggie hears grown up Mike saying I'm dying this uh, like you know this voice that he hears and then he asks young Mike and Mike says it's just the wind like that's really beautiful like that would be a beautiful moment to end this whole thing that he saved the tall man and now they're bonded and so now he's hearing things from the distant future but still has the fortitude to chase down and fight this possibly unwinnable battle right that's nice and poetic yeah. Love that. If I wasn't seething mad. Right. That he got blown up by a fucking car with an orb in it instead of instead of giving me the moment I've watched four movies for. Yeah. I had one question for four movies. Why is the tall man? That's all I want. Why is he doing what he's doing? Like, give, give me one fucking line other than the flesh is imperfect. Humans are stupid. I have power to destroy. Why? Right. That's all I wanted for four fucking movies is for the tall man to say one thing about why his mission is important, and he never, ever does. And it fucking hurts my feelings. I can sit hard. here on our podcast and bullshit loyal. like I always do. Yeah, you, you've heard the show a lot. We like to bullshit and make things up that aren't there. Of course. This is the one, one of my time favorite I things just about wanted him to fucking tell me something. I wanted to hear from this bad guy who I still kind of like. Right? I wanted to hear one thing about why he became what he is. They set us up perfect and they didn't fucking deliver anything. It was not to be. And it fucking hurts me. That that's my thing is I really love this movie. Right? Reggie's having a blast. I love the orb tits. I love Mike's kind of existential crisis. It's fun. And then it just, you pause it and you're like, oh my God, we're out of movie. 
Like Where's we're the fucking rest of it? out of movie and we're not going to do anything. <laughs> and that fucking hurts. I imagine myself I and you, you and Angus Scrim and Don Coscarelli and our Bud Light commercial in another <laughs> universe where they explain all this to me in a way that I love. Right. And I can make the case that Phantasm is the greatest horror franchise ever. Say lovey. Is not to be. If you are ranking part four as a franchise, this is low. Hellraiser in space, maybe it's better than that. (laughs) But I don't think so. I like going back to the old French time when he's a toy maker and they're the space station, whatever. Friday the 13th 4 kills this. Halloween 4 kills this. And I don't even love part five, but part four is good. Right. Uh, Part four of Nightmare is Dream Child, maybe? I think it's the one right after Dream Warriors. Pretty right. still good, right? Maybe the Screaming Soul Pizza is still pretty good, right? Candyman Four is the reboot, so that one's way fucking better than this. Evil yes. Dead Four is the reboot, way fucking better. Uh, Child's Play Four is also the reboot, right? How many? No, this is Bride of Chucky. That one's way better, mm. right? <laughs> so I yeah, I think Leprechaun Four wonder- is in the hood. I wonder if if part of the challenge here is is other franchises they'll do where they'll 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 take one of the sequels and they'll retcon stuff or they'll like kind of change the continuity so that previous sequels don't matter so they can just mm. change course and and this one one of the things we enjoy about the Phantasm series is that continuity and just this the story through time. Mm. And maybe that's also part of what hurts it is that maybe maybe Don Coscarelli didn't have the specific, answer. Yeah, when it when right? it's so specific and connected, and you can't break yes. and just be like, "Hey, forget that movie." All right. right, so I'm looking at it now. Nightmare Four was Dream Master, awesome. Return of Michael Myers, people were fucking pumped about. Uh, Texas Chainsaw: The Next Generation, not great, but has McConaughey and Zellweger, right? We just watched that. Saw 4. I'm not a huge Saw guy, period. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think you could make an argument. This is one of the lowest ranked part fours. And that sucks because I would have said part three is up there. Sure, yeah. I think part one is up there. I think part two. I got to say, though, I, I agree. And at the same time, I really did have fun with this movie. I agree. And I don't know why. I agree. I'm saying I don't know imagine why. an ending. Where yes. we hear from Jebediah Morningstar through the decrepit old injured body of this tall man. Where he's just like, there will be another of me coming in a moment. But here is this one last breath. From the last bit of human to me. To you, Mike, who's now dying and will make the choice whether you'll become like me or like Jebediah. Yeah. If they had tied that bow for us. Show him how it, how right. it happened. Him and Mike are both dying because of the explosion. Right? And Jebediah's like, there's no hope for me. The next me's coming now. Right? And Mike has to decide which road he takes. Mm -hmm. They pay that off. This movie's fucking three times better than it ended up. I agree. No, And I don't even know how you do it. I'm just saying the story is Mike is trying not to. In one flashback in the movie, we actually see Mike in the tall man outfit. Yeah. Reggie turns and sees tall Mike. That's the journey we're telling is that he is on his way to transform into whatever. And yeah, Mike according never to the tall man, he's destined for that. Yeah, Mike never makes the choice. 
The tall man doesn't really explain the choice, show us the stakes of making that first step. Yeah. That hurt me. That hurt yeah. me. And an otherwise really fucking fun phantasm romp. You know what could have been really cool? Mm-hmm. If it like if in the other realm Jebediah like got into some kind of a wager in a game because he's always talking about the game like it could have uh, been some yeah, like they never you talk know? about the game enough. Why does he like the fucking game? Right. Right. If life and death is just a game, why do you care so much? You right. know what I mean? <laughs> There's ten thousand you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You have unlimited one-ups. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I hear you, my friend. It, it felt like they were on their way to this epic finale, and it just crumbled a lot. That's what hurt me. Yeah. But again, to you your know, point, an amazing ride most of the way. That's most it. of the way. <laughs> For Phantasm Four, that's not it. Believe it or not, there's yet another Phantasm. Uh that's our mission here. We talk entire franchises, and that's part of the fun of the journey is when you get to those shaggier dog entries, uh, churning through to see what they have to offer. Uh, Phantasm Five Oblivion <laughs> or Ravager. Ravager, yes. Is a another unique experience in the Phantasm mythology it, that we will talk is... about. And our mandate will be we each have to say three nice things we like about it before <laughs> anything else. That's the game. That's the game next time. Yes, that's the game. Mind how you play the game. Yeah, mind how you play the game, lady. <laughs> you played a good game. Uh, all right. The YouTube film alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you want all the movies this October for this mega marathon, you see all the work we're putting in. Patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. That's how you get the remaining three movies. It just sounds it, better to have 31 pods in 31 days instead of 28. No, so you go want on all over the episodes. There. You want Promise. all the damn Trust episodes. Me. Go on over there to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Carmelita, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter. Still. I'm hanging on. So for hanging. Dear life. And Letterboxd. And we all Letterboxd. like Letterboxd. We do like Letterboxd. Same handle for both at Carmelita Says. All right, that's it. I hope you guys are enjoying October so far. This is our favorite time of year. Uh, Carmelita and I will be back tomorrow to finish out or maybe mercifully finish off the Phantasm <laughs> franchise. You'll have to tune in tomorrow. The to coup de gras. <laughs>